It's time for Hoop Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school basketball in the area with your host, Noel Wall, and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. And good morning and welcome to uh, Thurston County's only high school basketball roundup show. 28 teams, this is uh, kind of the last week that we'll have 28, all 28 teams. I think a few of them are going to be dropped out. Yeah, a lot of teams make the playoffs, but a lot of them don't, and uh, as well they shouldn't. I mean, there should be some, a little bit of exclusivity to the playoffs, but we've seen some uh, really good games as people that uh, will be in the playoffs no matter what, but they're also battling for that first championship, their league championship, and we've seen a lot of intensity as people are trying to get that prize. And we have some teams right at the top, so I'm excited to get on with uh, what we're going with today. Uh, you can look for Hoop Talk uh, on the KGY website later on today under the drop-down menu that says On Air. You can also enter your uh, student to be a driver, to be get driver's education, that is, from 911 Driving School. Later on today, we're going to hear from Olympia's Kai Johnson and Coach John Kiley after a big win over Powerhouse Puyallup. We'll also hear from Antonio McLennan about Olympia's Unified Basketball Program and in where are they now? Brandel Evans. Did I say that right? Brandel Evans? Brandel Evans, yep. Play for Timberline. Where is he now? We will find out later right now. Jumping right in. Uh, first team, Pope John Paul. A lot of struggles this season. Uh, boys 2-9 and nine in league, 3-13 and 13 overall. And the girls have yet to get a win. Um, but uh, there's always next year, right? There is always next year. But um, the uh, girls are winless. They lost to Muckleshoot in Northwest Yeshiva. And they ended their season last night. At Evergreen Lutheran, um, but they do have a, uh, that was their league season, they do have a league tourney game because everybody makes the league tournament in that league. Oh, right. The boys actually snuck in a win after you looked at their record. They're 4-13 oh, they? okay. now. They defeated uh, Northwest Yeshiva, which um, has a really good girls program, but I guess the boys aren't quite as strong. Um, and they played at Evergreen Lutheran last night. And they will host Northwest Yeshiva tonight at Tumwater in a first-round game in the SeaTac League. Um, playoffs. All right, there we have it. So we will uh, have some results to talk about next week for them as well. Uh, moving to Central League, Rainier Mountaineers, the boys one and eight. If I'm looking right, three and sixteen overall. Uh, have on Alaska in their final game tonight at home. They do. They beat Mossy Rock, but they lost to Morton White Pass during the past week. Wyatt Coleman was leading scorer for the Mountaineers against the T Wolves. And you're right, they host on Alaska tonight. Slide over to the girls. Real yeah, quick. the girls, 8-1, just behind Wakayakum, 18-1 overall. They had Winlock yesterday, but the districts for them start February 4th at WF West. They do, and they have uh, they won three games since our last show. They beat Tudor Lake, Hoquiam in a non-league game, and Kalama, as you mentioned, they were at Winlock last night. And if they hold on to the second seed in the Central, they will play their first playoff game way a week from tomorrow, Friday, February 9th. So really good season going on for the uh, – uh, I don't know if they call them the Lady Mounties or not, but the Girl Mountaineers are doing extremely well. All right, very good. Pacific Mountain League, Northwest Christian High School. The Navigators are uh, looking pretty good. Not quite as as far up the list as they were last year, but 13-4 and four in league, 15-4 and four overall. Part of a three-way tie for second with Willapa Valley and Iwako behind Life Christian, and they host Life Christian tonight. Um, boy, if they can get a result out of that, uh, they'll be in good shape. Districts either way begin February 5th. Yeah, that'll be a big turnaround if they beat Life Christian. Life Christian uh, beat them soundly up in Tacoma the first time they met, but we'll see what happens tonight because 
Northwest Christian did get a couple of wins during the week. They beat PL in North Beach, lost to Raymond. Um, against PL, uh, Nick Tarabocha had 21 points, Tyler Fox 13, and Coach Chris Fitzgerald of the Trojans said his team had no answer for Nick Tarabocha. So wow. hopefully he can have a good game tonight <laughs> and they'll do well against uh, Life Christian as opposed to the last time they played them. Yeah, all right. On the other side, you know, it's interesting to see two teams like the boys right here picking up some wins, a couple of wins. On the girls' side, unfortunately not doing themselves any favor. It's gone the other way. Um, they are 1-14, 1-17 with Life Christian to face tonight. Yeah, and they their losses this week came to North Beach and Raymond. Um, you know, just one of those things. they got to rebuild and get back at it in future seasons. And uh, going up to 1A in the Evergreen League, Tonino boys, 2-6, uh, and 11-8. Uh, they have Chimicum tomorrow. Yep, they uh, beat Elma during the week and lost to Hoquiam. And then they will be playing on the road in the District 4 1A playoffs a week from today against either Kingsway Christian or La Center, um, depending upon uh, the uh, tie between Kingsway and La Center in the Trico League to see who comes out on top in that league. And that will be the team that Tanina will play. All right. Number one seed. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a struggle right there. Meanwhile, the girls are 4 and 3 behind Elma and Montesano. 13-6 overall. Uh, I couldn't find a score from the Hoquim matchup on Tuesday. Maybe you did, uh, but districts begin February 8th at Kelso. Yeah, actually, it's going to be uh, – Kelso is where the final rounds are going to be. But oh, the, okay. The early round games in that tournament are on campus sites, and they will play – they're pretty much in, locked into a game at La Center. That's also a week from Friday to open the District 4-1A playoffs. It's interesting. We talked about how in the 2B ranks – the teams are opposite, like the boys are good or the girls are good or whatever. Yeah. In that Trico League down there, the standings one, two, three are identical for boys and girls. That's so wild. They uh, pretty much tend to be, if you're good at boys, you're good at girls. Yep. All right. Well, there we go. We are uh, through our first segment. When we come back, we're going to take a look at 2A. Later on, we've got 3A and 4A, of course. Olympia's Kai Johnson and Coach John Kiley after their big win. And in our next segment, we're going to hear from Antonio McLennan about the Olympia Unified Basketball Program. Later, where is he? Brandel Evans played for Timberline. We'll find out. This is Hoop Talk, <laughs> this is Hoop Talk on 95.3 KGY. And welcome back to Hoop Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. I'm Noel Wall. He's David Weber. We're on KGY, and we are in 2A and talking about River Ridge. Uh, boys and girls, identical league records, I see, at 4 and 9. Um, what can you tell us about it? Well, it looks like a different outcome, though, because River Ridge uh, girls got a win. They beat Stelicum, but they did not apparently reach the 2A SPSL tournament, according to the bracket I was looking at. Meanwhile, the boys, though, even though they lost three games... Um, to Clover Park and Stelicum, um, and somebody else. I don't know, I have it down there. Oh, White River. But they will play a first-round game um, in the tournament, and they will play that Friday against either uh, Lindbergh or Foss at White River at 7.30. So that's the league tournament. Still have to win and finish a certain height in that to get to the uh, districts, but at least they've got a chance at it. All right. And we'll move to uh, Evco. Of the top four are going to district here, starting with Rochester Warriors, though. Uh, they're not going to make it, I don't think. No wins in league. Two and 15. They got Aberdeen tomorrow and then finish at home with Centralia on Monday. Yeah, that is about uh, 
what you can say about them. They're on a seven-game losing streak right now. They lost this week to WF West, Tumwater, and both Tumwater schools. Girls, different story, though. They'll probably be in districts, although their record isn't stellar. Um, two and five in league and nine and eight overall. But they're uh, clinging to a one-game lead right now over Centralia for the final of Coast slot to the District 4 playoffs. And uh, they lost to Tumwater last week despite 19 points from Paige Winter and 15 from Lexi Jones-Setterberg. Um, they hosted Black Hills last night, and they go against winless Aberdeen at home on Friday. Okay. And moving to Tumwater, where the boys are 5-3, and 7-11 overall. Uh, didn't help things with the loss to Chehalis Tuesday, but uh, they're now in a three-way tie for second with Aberdeen and the Bearcats. Tumwater is at Black Hills Friday, and then they host uh, Aberdeen Wednesday. Tournament play starts the next day. Yeah, they get right into it. They... Uh... They had a couple of wins before losing that game to WF West. They beat Centralia, and they beat Rochester. And in that game against WF West, Damon Gaither scored 20 points, and Gunnar Fields had 13, so a couple of nice performances. Their uh, biggest upcoming thing on Friday, they'll get a rematch of their rivalry game loss to uh, Black Hills at Black Hills at 730. Um, and I guess in, it's not called the Pioneer anything. It's called the... Crosstown showdown, according okay. <laughs> according to the according to the signage that was up in Tumwater's gym the last time. But again, that's always a uh, if you're one of those people that just likes the atmosphere of a huge high school game. Tumwater Black Hills is uh, is right up your alley. That'd be a good one to go see. All right, and for the girls, seven and zero in league, sixteen and one overall. The league leaders will face WF West or did yesterday. They got Black Hills Friday, Aberdeen Tuesday, and Districts Wednesday. Yeah, and they. Uh, couldn't have, I don't think they could ask for a better season for the first year that they had this group of freshmen they were counting on to improve their team. But instead, That's a little improvement. Yeah, instead they've got the best record of any girls' team in uh, Thurston County by a slight edge. Well, not overall over Rainier, but in league play they are the only undefeated team. And they beat uh, Rochester behind another something that's been trending for them. They were relying on the freshmen at the beginning. Now they get freshmen and their seniors coming through. Um, Aubrey Amandella and Isabella Lund had 12 each against Rochester. They're freshmen. Seniors Katie Cunningham and Sophia Kelsch had 10 each. So that's been a big deal for them to uh, to balance things out. That game last night against WF West was obviously a huge one with uh, WF West only a game behind them. Um, unless my car broke down or something, I covered that game. And you can <laughs> go on the Olympians' website and see how it came out. All right, I like that. Black Hills Wolves, the boys here are doing outstanding. 8 and 0 in league, 11 and 6 overall after a blowout of winless Rochester Tuesday. They are in first with two to go plus a non-league against Liberty is what I see. They got Tumwater Friday, Liberty Saturday, WF West Wednesday and district play on Thursday. Yep, getting right into it as as everyone is in that league. Um they had three wins, beat Al- Al- Albertson, Aberdeen. <laughs> When I was at Evergreen, the College of Idaho was called Albertson. But Aberdeen, Centralia, and Rochester. And against Centralia, Jackson Bauer had 23 points. We talked to him last week on the show, and Gabe Wright added 17. And that rivalry game at home against Tumwater, uh, Friday night at 7.30. Again, that's that's a huge deal. And I should have said that uh, the girls is too. So if you get there early for the girls game, um, it's just as exciting as the boys game as far as what kind of – Fan support you've got. Well, and the Black Hills girls are doing fabulous as we move right along. Five and two in league, twelve and five overall. Rochester last night, 
But yeah, Tumwater Friday, then WF West Tuesday, and then District on Wednesday. And they've got kind of a wild card going on for them um, in that uh, route of Centralia. Um, Kennedy Greenfield, Megan Ryber, Jordan Bender, Celine Lee were all in low double figures. But they had another player in that game, only scored two points, but bodes well that she's back, and that is their star senior post, uh, Maisie Williams. She has been out the entire season with a broken finger in her right hand, finally made it back, and they're not going to catch Tumwater for first place in the regular season. But with Maisie back, if she gets into uh, form to score more than a couple of points, that adds an element to their team they haven't been having the whole year, and they could be a vastly improved team catching up to Tumwater and WFW when they get to the uh, district level. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Correct. That's exactly right. Hey, uh, for some people, it is how you start. It's how you play. It's uh, how you do everything. Uh, you talked to Antonio McLennan about the uh, Unified Basketball Program this week. Yeah, I did, and I'll kind of let his answer speak for himself. But Unified, if people don't realize it, it's a uh, form of the sport where it pairs um, primarily developmentally disabled, not physically disabled, but developmentally disabled students with kids from the general education population at the school. Started out at North Thurston, and it's at Ole now and a couple other places that um, Antonio will mention during our interview. It's a co-ed program, and it, you know, like I said, it pairs um, kids that might not normally affiliate with each other to the benefit of both. And uh, we'll just let uh, Coach McLennan speak to it. I will say it, it sounds like it's making a big difference in the school overall, not just in basketball. Exactly. We're at Olympia High School with Antonio McLennan, who is the uh, coach of the unified team that only a number of the local high schools have. And what's a little bit? Tell us a little bit about your background. I know you played in college. Yeah, so uh, I played one year at the Evergreen State College, and then my senior year at Whitworth in uh, Spokane. Okay. And that one year at Evergreen was enough to convince you to come back and uh, spend some time in Thurston County. Huh? Yes, yes. My my experience at Evergreen pretty much set the foundation for my my coaching career. A lot of people have heard of the Unified Team. I know I'm one of them. I know a little bit about what it's supposed to be, but I don't know exactly. So, what is the mission of the program? The mission of the program is to give students with and without disability to participate in a sport together. It's a great opportunity to learn about each other in terms of individuals with and without disability, and it's also an opportunity to create friendships. Okay, and how does uh, how do you form the team? In terms of the actual game, there has to be three students with disabilities on the court, and then two students without disabilities. Students with disabilities we call athletes. The students without disabilities we call partners. Um, so that's how the team is made up. So in terms of choosing those particular students, we promote Unified throughout our school, and students that are interested will sign up, and then we do an interview process, um, and then we, we select our team members from there. When you say disability, is it uh, more uh, cognitive disabilities, or is it physical as well? What, what are we talking about? Uh, we, we try not to limit that, but okay. I mean, sometimes there's obvious disabilities that will prevent students from participating. Just like any other athletic team, they have to go through a physical. If there's physical limitations that will cause, cause harm, then they're, they're not allowed to play. So if you're watching the game, how does it differ from watching an ordinary basketball game? Is there different rules or are they the same or what? Great question. So um, in terms of how it differs from ordinary basketball, so we kind of throw most of the rules out because in typical basketball, there's traveling. That's a call that we don't call out of bounds and things like that. So occasionally the ball might go out of bounds or someone will step out of bounds. That's something that's totally ignored. Like I said, it's an opportunity to work on teamwork in terms of basketball, passing, shooting, and things like that are also a part of unified basketball. What successful outcomes have you seen both with disabled and non-disabled players? 
Well, I, I'll, I'll start back five years ago when I started working here at Olympia High School. Great example, I use the example all the time. So during lunchtime, a group of special needs students will sit at a table and once in a while, a general ed student will come by and say hi. So fast forward to now, we have our special needs students sitting everywhere in the cafeteria. They're walking down the halls. People are giving them high fives. They are very known in the school. So when you talk about inclusion, and that's a word that I want to focus on, um, it definitely promotes social inclusion here at school. And then also I hear stories about students hanging out with each other outside of school time and on the weekends and things like that. So in terms of the impact of Unified, it's definitely brought us together in an inclusive way. All right, so we got a good picture of uh, what it looks like and what what is the next opportunity people would have if they want to come out and uh, support the program. The next opportunity is this Saturday at North Thurston um, High School. We play a round-robin tournament style where all the local schools, Thurston County, who have unified programs, each team will play two to three games that day. It starts at 10 a.m. and finishes around 1 p.m at North Thurston High School. And what, what are the schools that are participating? North Thurston was the first school, uh, then we followed North Thurston. So there's North Thurston, Olympia, Timberline, River Ridge, and this is Yum High School first year. So okay. it's, it's growing really fast. Our goal is to continue to spread the word and promote Unified at the middle school level as well, as well as the other high schools who do not have Unified programs. All right, sounds great. So we'll hopefully uh, get a chance to see it, and hopefully it'll continue to grow as it does. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you for taking time. All right. It sounds like a fabulous program, really. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you have a situation where kids for years and years and years were, well, they can't play sports because X. Yeah, whatever. And now they're being allowed to play sports, and it makes them feel like part of the school, makes other people recognize them for what they can do and not what they can't do. So, yeah, really good good to see that program growing from from what uh, Antonio just said from one school to five that are doing it now. So right. that's and the inclusion that comes from it is great. Yep. Yeah, it really is. All right. Uh, we have plenty more still to come. We got our three A teams, got our four A team. We got Olympia's Kai Johnson and Coach John Kylie gonna hear about the win over Puyallup. We're gonna find out where is Brandel Evans now. We're talking hoops on KGY. And we are back with Hoop Talk, presented by uh, Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. Noel and Dave here with the only complete high school basketball roundup show. We've covered the B, the A, the 2A. We've heard about the unified teams. We're up to 3A, and uh, we got top four teams go to district here. And we're going to start with Yelm. The boys uh, looking for a league win. Uh, 1-17 overall. Uh, I didn't get a Gig Harbor score from Tuesday, but they're going to finish with Capital tonight. Yeah, they lost to Gig Harbor. Um, zero and thirteen in the league. That's going to be a uh, really hard game for them to win against Capital. That's probably the best team in the area and needs that win to uh, get the top seed to district. So tough one for the young boys on their uh, senior night. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Girls, a little bit of a different story. They're seven and five in league, eleven and seven overall. They climbed to third. They're at Gig Harbor uh, Tuesday, and I think I did not get a score on that one yeah, either. Yeah, they lost. Okay, Capital tonight. That didn't help them. District no. play begins the 5th. I think they'll probably make it. They probably will make it. And, the, you know, the whole thing about the 3A uh, South Sound Conference girls this year, it, the the trophy lives in Gig Harbor. Gig Harbor and Peninsula are far and away the two best teams. Peninsula has Bell Frazier, who's a D1 prospect. Um, Gig Harbor has Brendan Maxwell, who's signed with Utah. So, I mean, those are two dynamic teams actually the only loss that uh 
gig suffered was to one of our local teams, to North Thurston, but it didn't take, and those two teams are battling for the, the title. But Yelm uh, has always been tough. They've always been a tough out in that league. They've either been near the top or causing trouble for those who are, and they beat Central Kitsap and Timberline this week before they lost to Yuga Carver. And against the Tides in that defeat, Caitlin Jewell had 15 points and Bailey Harder added 11. Um, they finished the regular season tonight at Capitol, which unlike the boys' game, that is a winnable game for the Tornadoes, and they'd actually probably be the favorites. So they might finish with you know a little bit, little bit of cushion on their 500-plus record heading into district play. All right, moving on to North Thurston, the boys five and seven, seven eleven overall. They uh, have uh, Timberline tonight. Yeah, and, and they, I think I missed a score in there somewhere. Yeah, you that. did. It was a loss to uh, Central Kitsap on Tuesday. On Tuesday, which added to losses to Gig and Shelton earlier. Um, you know, it's been a kind of a rebuilding year for North Thurston. They had a nine senior class last year that went out. I was at their senior night. They were Boy, lined up all along the it's a lot. all along the baseline. Yeah, and there was the the player of the year in Jeremy Spencer and their all time leading scorer in Clay Christian. So they lost huge pieces. They played hard uh, this year. And they have had Tim Tankley, who's been a uh, dominant player for them this past week. He ended up with 32 against Central Kitsap and 25 against Shelton. So, you know, there's some there's some highlights when uh, when they play, but they have another tough one tonight. They've got to go to Timberline, which not only is their arch rival playing its senior night, but as Capital needs that win over Yelm to uh, solidify the top seed, Timberline needs that uh, win to stay tied with Capital for the uh, – First place and to get the second seed in league. Okay. And the girls, uh, let me just ask, how did they do against CK on Tuesday? Um, it seems that they emerged victorious. Okay, CK, so they're 8-6 so. and six and 12-8 and eight overall. Yeah. They've got Timberline. Yep. Um, they lost their first game of the week to Gig Harbor, but as I just mentioned, they beat Central Kitchap and Shelton. Uh, against uh, Shelton, Jane Kalama led the way with 13 points, Brittany Harm and Harn. And Lacey Borchard added 11 points each. And they host Timberline. Another rivalry game. Of course, the fans will probably all be over at the boys' game. Unfortunately, that's the only problem with these, uh, you know, opposite schedule things. You get arch rivalry games a mile and a half apart or whatever, but they still can't see both It's games. too bad, yeah, last they year, don't play cons- consecutive nights yeah. or something. Well, last year it was a doubleheader, and I think um, – you know, one of the reasons they're playing these games on Thursday this week is because they want to get it over, let people practice for districts. But um, it'll be a good game. Timberline girls, um, they've had a tough season. They'll want to go out with a strong game. But uh, we'll see how that turns out. All right. Then moving on to Shelton, the high climbers, 8-5 uh, and five for the boys, 12-7 overall. Uh, they're number four of eight teams, so that would get them in. They host Central Kitsap tonight. Yep, it'll get them in, and they had losses to the two leaders, Timberline and Capital, during the week, but they also beat North Thurston. They're kind of where they where they need to be. You know, they're not as good as Timberline and Capital, but they're they're close, so they're up high in the standings. Um, their best team in a while uh, out at Shelton, and they're uh, they're hosting CK tonight. That's senior night for them, and that will end the regular season, and we'll see where they go in district play. And the girls, I think three and ten and five and fourteen, is that right? And then Central Kitsap for them as well. Yeah, and that I believe will end their season. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They actually had a couple of wins last week. They beat Timberline and Capital, but they lost to uh, North Thurston. So three and ten is probably not going to be. 
high enough in the league standings to get them to move on. All right. Well, they go out on the upswing anyway, and so that's nice. We got one more segment to go here on uh, Red Zone Talk. We have a couple of 3A teams right at the top and battling it out. We have a 4A team right at the top and battling it out. We're going to hear all that and more when we come back to Red Zone Talk on KGY. And welcome back to Hoop Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. we got two boys' teams tied at the top of their league in uh, AAA here. and Or AAA, yeah, AAA. Yeah, 3A, Capital and Timberline, while the girls are part of a four-way tie for third. So that's real interesting. Let's start with Capital. Boys are 11-2, and 17-2. And uh, as you said, I think earlier alluded to, they are actually at the top, even though they're tied with Timberline uh, in the outcome. Uh, they got Yelm tonight looking for a number one seed. Yeah, they uh, had three wins last week. They're on a long winning streak. Uh, that uh, Those two losses, as we've mentioned a couple of times during the season, by one point each to uh, Timberline and Central Kitsap way back at the start of the league season. So Capital Boys have been on a roll. They beat Peninsula, Gig Harbor, and Shelton this week. And they, if if they win tonight and Timberline wins tonight, Capital will get the number one seed. They had a uh, tiebreaker where I guess each team drew numbers at the start of the year. All teams in the league okay. drew a number. And for any ties that occur, whichever team had drawn the lowest number gets to uh, um, gets the, spot. the higher seed. And as I understand it, Capital drew number six, but Timberline drew number seven. So oh boy! <laughs> neither, neither one of them got a great great number, but they were uh, that'll get capital there. Um, and you know they beat Timberline in the most recent matchup, so it's not a it's not a uh, miscarriage of justice or anything. It's always tough to see that though, particularly when we talk about how Ole will end up. Um, kind of reminds me. I don't know if you've seen the movie, not the TV series, but the movie Friday Night Lights, where they have a three way tie, but they can only take two teams to the playoffs. Right. So they meet at some deserted truck stop and flip coins to see who gets out and. Anytime I hear about a draw or a flip coin flip, I'm like, ah, yeah, not a nobody, fan of that. Nobody but, wants that to happen. But really. you know, these two teams will both move on to uh, to postseason. And you know, Timberline boys came in fourth in state last year, and they didn't win the league last year either. And they came in fourth in state, so all right, they know how to they know how to deal with that kind of adversity. They're right there, close. We'll get to them too, pretty quick. Uh, meanwhile, Capital Girls five and seven. Uh, and I don't have a Tuesday score, so that ain't right. Um, Ten and eight overall. They're going to host Yelm. Yeah, they, they. I think they beat Shelton. I think that was their Tuesday game. They lost to uh, Peninsula and Gig Harbor earlier. Um, they host Yelm tonight, and as we mentioned earlier, Yelm is a uh, tough customer on the girls' side. So Capital is going to have to be ready. All right, we'll move right along. The Timberline boys got to be, uh, you know, rooting for Yelm. Because uh, at eleven and two, fourteen and five, uh, they you know going to host North Thurston tonight. Uh, they would get a number one seed if they win and the Cougars fall to Yelm. Yeah, I, I'm not really counting on Yelm to win that game, but also I think that uh, Timberline will be more intent on just beating their arch rival um, North Thurston. You know, it's a cliche, but they're well coached. They play hard. They've got a few assets that can. Do some damage. Tanklay, Robbie Oth, uh, Tariq Osman, their point guard's done some damage recently. So it's not a it's not a walkover for them against North Thurston. They're, they're definitely the favorites, but they need to get it done. Um, and as I said, you know, knowing Alan Thomas, knowing the history of the Timberline program, 
how they've sometimes advanced farther in postseason than you would predict based on their standing in the league. I think they're probably already focusing on playing this game against North Thurston as a preparation for moving forward and being ready playoffs, for the tournament. Exactly. Seeing if they can get back to the dome. On the girls' side, five and eight, uh, seven and twelve overall. They are at North Thurston tonight. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one for the Timberline girls. They're on a four-game losing streak. Um, a lot of seniors going out. Um, they may make the playoffs, but um, a lot of seniors that this could be their last game. So they're going to be excited to play against their rivals tonight at North Thurston, and hopefully, uh, hopefully for them, not trying to root against North Thurston. But right. if you were a Timberline <laughs> fan, hopefully snap that four-game losing streak and go out on a high note. Well, we're a fan of each team as long as we're talking about them. As long as we're talking about them, that's, <laughs> that's right. right. So right now we're going to move on and be fans of the Olympia Bears. Uh, Jackie Robinson's girls are in fourth after some wins, eight and six and nine and nine. I don't have a Bellarmine score, but they're going to host Graham Kapowson tonight. District yeah. on the fourth, and they're probably in? They probably are, yeah. The, sadly, they lost that Bellarmine game that you were wondering about. Bellarmine, though, um, contrary to their boys team, their girls team is another one of those where the girls team is exceptionally strong. The boys are having a little bit of a rare struggle. They're usually one of the better teams, but they've been way down the standings this year. Um, they are assured of a playoff spot in the District 3-4A tournament, um, but they have GK tonight, Graham Kapowson for their season finale, and they would like to get that one because it would give them a 10-10 uh, and 10 overall record and going into postseason. Oh, go. That would be below 500, but um, again, uh, you know, a team that's Got a few assets. They play really hard together and well together. Um, just not blessed with the 1 through 10 talent that some of the other uh, 4A SPL teams are. Well, bound to get uh, or likely to get in a district, likely to get a little more experience, and tournament experience sometimes goes a long way as well. We move over to the Olympia boys. They are 12-3, and 13-6 overall after beating Bellarmine at home on Tuesday. With one game to play, it's Olympia at the top with Curtis and Puyallup tied for second. And the Bears face cellar dweller Graham Kapowson tonight to finish first. District start on the fifth. Yeah, the likely outcome um, is if Olympia beats uh, Puyallup and Curtis wins, there might be a playoff game between Olympia and Curtis. Um, but the biggest, the biggest game that um, the Ole boys had was a, a game on Friday night. They played Puyallup at home. It started out with a three-way tie. Um, and they knocked Puyallup out with a 60-55 to 55 overtime win. Big crowd at Chick Rocky Gym. Everyone got excited. Jackson Grant, who led Olympia with 19, he finished off their scoring with a uh, two-handed slam dunk with about 14 wow. seconds to go. <laughs> I don't know how that always happens. There's like two dunks in the whole game, and one of them comes right, you know, at, the right at the end. But uh place went nuts. Kai Johnson, their guard, who we'll talk to in a minute, well, who I actually talked to after the game, but we'll hear it in a minute, he added 17 in that game. Um, so Olympia, um, you know, good chance to win that league. And that's what they were set out to do. Coach Kiley, uh, has been there four years now. He was there before left and came back. This is his fourth year of this current stint. And that is always a coach's goal. When you get a new job, by the time this freshman class leaves out or we want a league title and looks like they're going to do that. Obviously they're going on to the postseason, So not impossible. We'll see the bears at the dome. All right, that's going to be fun. Let's uh, here's that interview with Kai Johnson. 
We're at Olympia High School with Ty Johnson, who has just played a big role as the Bears defeated the all of 60 to 55 in overtime, makes up for a loss in overtime up at their place two weeks ago. What was the difference tonight? Uh, I think tonight we really focused in on the defense. We knew their guards were pretty good and they had some pretty big players down low, so we focused in on our defense and said defense would win this game for us. Now, conversely, you yourself were able to find a lot of open uh, players. I don't know how many assists you got credit for, but it was probably quite a few. And how were you able to find the open shooter so well tonight? Also, all my teammates, they uh, they get open for me, and when I drive middle and I get stuck, they're always open calling for the ball. And, and then you had uh, you had some nice little floaters of your own down the lane. You did a good job scoring. What, what were you seeing on their defense that enabled you to get inside like that? Well, I knew last time we had to attack the middle of the zone, and they have some big guys inside, so I had to get over get it over them somehow. Me being a little shorter than seven <laughs> foot, so uh, I had to get some floaters up there, and they went in. So how do you guys feel going forward? I know that uh, conceivably at this point you might end up in a tie with Curtis for the championship. I guess there would be a playoff game for that. How do you guys approach the rest of the year? We're confident. I think we, uh, we're we feeling good right now. We know that our fate is in our hands. So. All right, very good. We'll talk to you next time, and uh, good job tonight. And then you did talk to uh, John Kiley. Anything you want to say about that before? Uh, no, but I want to follow up on something Kai just said. Okay. In that interview, you talked about seven-footers. They uh, Puyallup is enormous. They're the like NBA height. They have a seven-foot center that starts. Wow. Bring a six nine kid in when he gets in foul trouble, and they've got a six eight forward that starts as well. So when they come out on the court, they pass the airport test. You know, if you pass, them, right? We used to say that when I coached small college. If you pass this team in the airport, do they look like a basketball team? And Pialb definitely does. But Ole was able to move the ball. Um, got to give credit to Jackson Grant. I think he got his first three shots blocked by their big center and. Came back to lead the game in scoring, and as I mentioned, finished it off with a dunk of his own at the end. So, you, boy, you need that too—that yeah. stick to itiveness to be able to come back because you get rejected like that a few times in a row. It's easy to get, you know, the feeling like, oh man, maybe I can't do this tonight. I just figure out what moves will work, and it, it ended up well for them. And then, uh, yeah, I did talk to Coach Kylie for a couple of minutes, so I guess let's hear from him. All right, here it is. What was the difference in the two games? You know, you kind of hit it right. I think the home crowd. So they got in up to a good lead at home, and then we had to scratch back. And tonight we got ahead, and, and you know, a testament to what a team they are, they came f- fighting back. And so it was as good a high school basketball game as I think you can find. Ingram kind of put on a show for them in the second half. He's a heck of a, of a battler, and I said to him, I am so uh, I admire him as a competitor. You know, a senior guard that has done so much for their program, and, and he uh, he wanted to win very badly, and, and uh, he was very difficult to contain, very difficult. Yeah, I know this this uh, sounds like I'm better than you up or something, but you guys really didn't have that one big hero tonight. Played some really good team ball. What accounted for that? You know, I think that's who we are. You know, you know we talk, a, we have a motto that says sometimes you and sometimes me, but always us, always we. And, and, and I, again, I think, we, I think that's what makes us decent, too, is that it's, uh, people can't just focus on one guy. Got a couple good posts. We got a few good guards. Some can shoot. Some can go inside. So, so I hope that versatility makes us more dangerous because it's hard to just take something away. How worried were you when you missed those three free throws? <laughs> I, you know, my job a long time ago was to make free throws so that yeah. the coach isn't pissed and sad. And so, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was disappointed by that. But at the same time, great resiliency 
by our kids to uh, to, to shake that off, get some stops, and, and ultimately uh, scratched our way to a to a pretty uh, crazy fun win at home. Big win. Uh, so put you on target. Looking at the rest of the schedule. No offense to the other teams, but kind of looks like you and Curtis might end up in a tie at the end of the. Thing. You know, potentially. We got yeah. Bellerman, who's our rival. We've got Graham, who's playing as well as anybody. So enjoy tonight and tomorrow. Get ready for Bellerman. So if it did come out that way and you ended up playing Curtis. That's another one where you guys had some pretty tight battles. So how exciting would that be to end the season with a playoff? You know, if, if we can win the next two games, then, then that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but, again, we got to get be? there. I, I don't even know. Right, Pierce or something? Yeah, I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would be a fun playoff atmosphere. Yeah, you know, I hope will. we earn that opportunity. All right, well, very hey, good. Thank you thank so you, much. Yeah. Great to see you. I think it would be easier to just uh, go out on top and not have to play another game. Uh, I guess, but they uh, – <laughs> You know, like I said, they're they're actually they are twelve and three, and Curtis is twelve and three, and they split their they split, split their two them. meetings. So yep. the only other way to do it would be the way Timberline and Capital are breaking their tie. And you know, you and I agree that that's not what we'd like to see. Right, so. that's exactly right. So, well, we'll see. Either way, districts start on the fifth. Way to go! Great season. Yeah, yeah, for them no, and for, for several tremendous, teams. and it's been a. I think uh, you know not to not to put the knock on their football team, but it was a oh needed lift to come back because football didn't go. Like they normally Not as, would, as they usual. would hope, right? Yeah, right. so they come back with a huge basketball season, gets their whole uh, fan base back to being excited, and uh, go from here. Okay. Well, Brandel Evans, he played high school ball for Timberline. What's he doing now? Well, let's talk about what he did at Timberline. He was really good. He was the MVP one year. He uh, was first-team All-League, All-Area on the Olympians team, and uh, was on the team when the Blazers made their first three-peat run to state. They did not win state three times in a row. I'm not saying that, but they, they made got it in. to the state tournament three times it's a in a row. big deal. First time that ever happened. They've now been six times in a row. So Brandell graduated in 2015, went to Cochise Junior College down in Arizona, and he is now at Western Oregon where he is starting his senior year, averaging 7.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, and three assists. And some about these kids we've been following on this, where are they now? Most of them are playing for pretty good teams. Western Oregon's 14-5. Uh, and five. Seven and three in the GNAC, so uh, they're still trying to angle for an NC2A berth, and we'll see if it happens. But Brandell Evans, a really good player for Timberline, and uh, one of those guys that, unlike the Donovan Dorseys or uh, Eric Stevensons, who end up in D1, he ended up at a Division II school, but a really good Division II school. And uh, it's great to see kids coming up at all levels from our area. That is great. That is great. Sometimes I know. People say, well, what's the point if you're not playing for, you know, the Huskies? Uh, but it's great. It's great. It's great yeah. experience. And, you know, there are leagues all over the place in Australia and France and Germany and Spain. You can play basketball. You you know, even if you're not going to make it to the NBA, you can still go and contribute to a lot of teams. Well, and one thing that people don't understand either, I think, is how really, really hard it is to get to Division One and how – how difficult level Impossible. that is. Impossible. It seems like, you know, there's 300 teams. They each have 13, 14 guys. That's, there's like 5,000 players in Division One. How hard could that be? But that's out of 100,000 right, high five, school players 5, a year. Right, there's 5,000 high schools. Yeah, there yeah, are, there's know. something like one out of 100 high school players gets to Division One. And as I say time and time again, having come from a small college coaching background myself, if you go – like, dang, I should have looked this up to see if they've been here already. But if you wanted to go see uh, Brandell when he comes back to play against St. Martins and you go to that game, I guarantee you you're not going to be disappointed with the caliber of play. Yeah, These guys are really good. Half, not half, but a good number of guys that start for Division Twos were borderline D1 guys where they were on the bench and they said, 
you know, forget this, I want to play. And they drop back down to a D1. St. Martin's has had a few of those the last couple of years. Um, so you're not, you're not going to be disappointed if you go to one of those games. And interestingly enough, uh, I was talking to, uh, if I may flow here. Okay. I was talking to uh, St. Martin's coach Alex Pribble a little bit this morning, and he was talking about uh, how they have a huge uh, couple of games coming up. Um, they got wins over Seattle Pacific and Montana Billings last week. They're 16-2 and two overall. They've got Western coming in tonight at 7, and Simon Fraser uh, on Saturday at 7. Both of those are huge games for them. Um, you know, 16-2, and two, they were in the NC2As last year for D2. Again, if you go to those games, you're not going to be going. You're not going to go home going, oh, wow, it wasn't D1. You're going to be going no, home. No, that's going, gonna be exciting basketball. You're, yeah, you're going to be going home going, dang, D2 is better than I thought it was. So yeah. I'd recommend right. trying to trying to check that out. And just real quickly, um, their uh, women are home playing prior to their, those okay. games. Oh, actually, just on Saturday they'll be playing. Five o'clock game. And Evergreen's home Friday and Saturday this week. You can look them up online for those. And SPS men are 17-4. and four. They won't be back home until uh, February 9th when they host Green River in a 3 p.m. game. But, again, J.C. Ball, a little bit better than you might think it is. And worth uh, going out and seeing, whether it's junior college, high school, all these levels, uh, it's an awesome opportunity to go out. Uh, you know, you warned about, I said weather doesn't matter early in the season. You said unless it snows, it might next week. So maybe the weather will matter, but otherwise go out and see a game. Yeah, my, my funny story, quote unquote, or whatever you want to say about that was I remember one year, Timberline girls and my daughter was playing. And there was a couple of days when like half an inch of snow fell at four in the morning. So the, the guy that went out to check the bus routes canceled school. And by 11, the snow had melted, but there was still no game that night. Oh, boy. Then they made it to state regionals, which is at Bellevue. And there was a hideous ice storm that weekend. The roads were dangerous as all get out. And WI said, we're playing. So of course. Those of us who wanted to see had to drive <laughs> 65 miles on a skating rink to Bellevue to, to see the game. But uh, – it's been mild weather all winter, so hopefully it won't mess the playoffs up too much when the snow does come. All right. Well, we're going to be back next week, and we will uh, begin to be looking at playoffs at that point. Um, we'll have a couple of games gone. We probably won't know any scores at that point because they start on Wednesday. Is that right? Uh, yeah, but, but we'll a, lot be right of it'll be, a lot of it will be previewing the Thursday and Friday playoff right. games. We'll have plenty to talk about. We'll have plenty to talk about is right. We'll be able to set it all up for you. Big thanks to our sponsors, Olympia and Rapid Orthopedic, and the other sponsors. We really appreciate them. L&E Bottling, Spin Tees, J&I Power, Woodshed Furniture, and 911 Driving School. Uh, you can find the podcast at kgyfm.com. And join us next Thursday at 8.30 right here for Hoop Talk. The high school basketball season is uh, just coming to an end, and we're now into the uh, playoffs. Now time for the weekday workday kickoff. All the greatest hits back-to-back right here on 95.3 KGY.